This episode is thanks to Bougie Smile. What's better than getting your teeth widened? Well, getting your teeth widened while listening to R&B and hip-hop music. It's Left of Field with Danny Kavanagh. Welcome to the Left of Field podcast. My name is Danny Kavanagh and today I am going to be joined by a water polo player. That's right, Jordan plays here in Perth at the moment due to COVID, has played internationally in Europe and just missed out on selection to head to the Tokyo Olympics. But he is not giving up on the sport. He knows a lot and we go really in depth about the game of water polo, a sport we haven't touched on yet. So sit back, relax or head out for a run and enjoy the chat. Thank you. Jordan, welcome to the Left of Field podcast. How are you going today? Very well. I'm very well, very busy. A lot of things going on in Perth, despite COVID obviously getting in the way of probably a lot of people's plans. But no, I'm doing well. I'm doing really well. Yeah, you just mentioned you're renovating a house, so big task. You're very busy. Can you maybe, yeah, give us a little update. Where are you at right now? Obviously, COVID has struck havoc on all of us, but where has it left you? It's taught me many things, both my sport, personal life and work is all very much affected by COVID. I'm a videographer, so self-employed. So, you know, COVID in that sense does disrupt a lot of people's faith in booking events, booking shoots and, and et cetera like that. But it does mean that other avenues in my life, which I've tried to fill, so I'm renovating a house. So whenever I have an excuse to be at home, bang, I can start renovating on the house. I have more time to, to put into that, focus on my mental state with bought and where we're at with the current Olympics, et cetera, and taught me to be more flexible. I think it's done that to a lot of people, and it's good that you can see the positive mm-hmm. out of it. Now let's jump into the pool. Tell me, how did you yeah. get into water polo? I Full disclosure here, I actually played a lot of water polo growing up and yeah, I know it's not a sport a lot of people played, but I loved it and played for quite a few years. I I wasn't very good. I did have a girl on my team, Dorothy, who uh, now plays for the Hungarian team and she's off to the Olympics. Yes, yes. I played with her growing up. So I love this. We played together at Challenge Stadium. So I loved the sport, but tell me, how did you get into it? Well, I was very much into my swimming at a young age. I was from the ages between eight till about 13. I was already taking swimming quite seriously. However, I got a little bit bored of waking up for training and then knowing I'd just have to swim. So I I thought about what what sport I could do to complement my ability in swimming, but then also give me a new avenue of skills that I'd have to learn. So water polo was that answering point. And I have a lot of family, a lot of history in water polo. My uncle played for the Olympic Games at the 2000 Olympics. So I had a lot of support going into water polo and my father, for that matter. He played water polo for Australia as well. Did you take to it quite quickly? Did you progress to national teams and that straight away? Oh, the the benefit was for me is I, I was a left-hander, which in water polo, is sure you probably are aware, left-handers are actually quite useful in, in the sport. Having that position on the, the right wing where you're catching with your forearm straight away meant that I had a little bit of an advantage over my right-hander. So growing up, you, I had I was fortunate enough to have a really good coach, Tom Ho, down at Bicton Pool, who from a young age taught me how to harness uh, my ability in using my left hand and I think that gave me the exposure I needed and before I knew I was yeah I was training with junior Oz teams from about 14 15 years old 
The sport's quite difficult. There's a lot of variables. There's a lot of skill, agility, technique that goes into it. Give us a bit of a rundown on what the key attributes you have to have to be successful in water polo. To be successful in water polo, you really, I mean, it, it's, it's a sport where every muscle is activated at some stage. It, I think there was some statistic. So says how many muscles are activated in one game of water polo. So the, the ability to be able to train yourself to activate certain muscles at certain times. So conditioning in a lot of senses, whether that's strength, fitness, endurance, you've got to have those platforms really nailed before you can even think about getting good at catching a ball simply catching the balls or simply throwing it and, and actually playing the sport. So the, the, all the technical side of things is really important in the game of water polo. Tactics comes after skills and, and development in your fine tweaking of, of all your muscle activations, etc. <laughs> a lot of treading water. Tactics, have you used tactics to your advantage? Do you think that's a, a strength of your game over your career so far? Well, uh, you know, when I was playing in, in Europe for quite a while, for about two and a half years, three years. On that professional platform, coaches really try to make their matchups work. So they analyze the team they're playing against because water polo is very much a one-on-one sport. There's only six players on the field or in the water at any given time. So it really comes down to your ability to beat your opponent on many different levels. And I'm, I'm not classified a big player. I'm not a big, strong player. Most water polo players are, you know, 95 kilos plus. I'm only 82 kilos. So what I tried to focus on when I've progressed uh, as a player is my ability to, to maintain my speed, have make sure that I was always moving and understanding that my strength could also be used as my weakness. So understanding what your opponent is thinking at any given stage has given me the edge to predict what's going to happen both defensively and offensively. So you mentioned that you did play professionally over in Europe. Tell me, how was that experience and what did you get out of it? Well, the main thing I got out of it was to be able to take an amateur sport in Australia and, and being able to approach it on a professional level, it, it became your whole life over there. And, and the mentality around, the, you know, the training stayed the same, the, the, the mentality of the players during training stayed the same, but everything around training, you know, I, you go home, you've got homework to do. You've got far more aspects about the sport that I had to learn very quickly. It's something that here in Australia, we unfortunately don't have yet, or hopefully we might have a professional platform for water polo in the future, who knows? But no, be able to take the sport and having to think about it twenty four seven for a good, you know, two and a half, three years was a was an unbelievable experience. I mentioned how professional they were over there and amateur in Australia. Can you tell me what are the mm-hmm. major differences between how the sport is in Europe and you know it's obviously thrives over there and it's quite popular compared to how it is yep. here in Australia? The quality of water polo, funnily enough, isn't the difference. Australians have always had a passion for their sport. So I feel like despite it being amateur, the quality of water polo here is is very good. I just think what makes the difference is the, I guess, the the spectators aren't exposed as exposed to water polo here in Australia as they are in in Europe. In Europe, the, the whole concept of sport is all very appealing on a lot of different platforms. A lot of people love a lot of different sports, where in Australia it's, it's quite streamlined. You know, even though there are a lot of people who a lot of, like a lot of sports, we don't necessarily go out and watch them. And for that reason, I feel like uh, sponsors, finan- financial investments is a lot more appealing in Europe than they are here in Australia at the moment. 
So what does Australia need to do to bring the sport up to the next level? We do need an initial investment. We need, I think, I mean, for the last, you can only do so much with the certain management, but Waterpolo Australia has always been compromised with its ability to, to fund certain events. So I think Australia and its funding is dependent on how they go on at international level. So we've always come, I think the best result we've had at a World Champs or an Olympic Games is fourth. But we get a massive investment if we just medal. I think something like that might need to change and we just need that initial investment to kickstart you know, promotions for juniors, the appeal to... Because the world is obviously very much a, a return-given situation. Kids kids won't play a sport if they don't necessarily feel or see the return of that investment that's required to be able to compete at that level. So if, if water polo can show that return, what, what, what kind of life they could live, you know, honour they could have playing for Australia more competitions, et cetera, et cetera. Just more opportunities for younger people to see themselves playing the sport would, would be a fantastic start. How is water polo going at that grassroots junior level? Is it thriving? Is there the interest at the moment to build it? There is, there is. Um, my home home club is obviously Melville Water Polo, Bicton Pool, Fremantle Mariners, all down there at the Bicton Bar. They have started... And it's only been a recent development, but they've started already giving away a lot of programs, not giving away, I was promoting a lot of programs for juniors and a lot of competitions that will happen if they can get those kids under 14s and under 16s to come in. So there's a lot of investment at a club level. So hopefully with that investment, that will go up to national level, to hopefully international level, where that we can start promoting competitions from neighbouring countries even, to get their junior kids to come over and compete at a, a club international level. So there is that dream and there is that drive, to, but it's only just started. So it, it'll be a little bit of time before we see it's all in vain or if it's successful. Hopefully it's successful. Are you like me? You like to drink red wine and lots of coffee, but you really want to brighten your smile? Well, why not head to Bougie Smile? In Mount Lawley, they are offering clinically proven teeth whitening treatments while you listen to hip-hop and R&B music. They have the highest grade 6% hydrogen peroxide whitening gel combined with high-powered LED whitening machine for three 20-minute applications, hence the name. And in those 60 short minutes, you'll have the brightest smile with results ranging from 4 to 10 shades whiter. The average is about 6 shades. When I got it done, I actually improved by eight shades whiter, so it is well worth it. And it's so simple, so fun with the R&B music. You sit in the chair and I literally was dancing. So why not give it a go? Uh, use the code LEFTOFFIELD when booking with a bougie smile and you will get a very nice 15% discount. So uh, brighten your teeth and drink all that red wine and coffee and not be afraid to smile. You came back from Europe. What made you come back to Australia and continue your career here? So at the end of the, the, I did about two and a half seasons in Europe. At the end of the second season, I have a lot of, by me loving my sport and I really 
still strive to hopefully one day compete at the Olympic Games. This, um, I have a big passion for filming and I wanted to finish my degree and I wanted to be able to showcase what I'd learned in Europe, which was quite a lot. I did learn a lot of different things about the sport in Europe and showcase them in front of my teammates in the old squad, in front of the coach, in front of selectors. Whereas when I was over there, they could only just, you know, get what they were given from my coach or any, any other people that were uh, watching me. So I, I saw it as an opportunity to go. I've learned what I've needed to learn and I wanted to showcase that back here in Australia. So what's something that you've brought back here to Australia? The the main thing brought back here to Australia is there can't there can't be in training, there can't be a moment where you hop in the water, you can't be like, I'm just not feeling it. I'm not going to give it a go today. There can't be those moments. There can be there can be your commitment to training and understanding that you might not be feeling great, you might not be feeling that, that well, but when you're at training, you're at training. You can't be thinking about anything else. You can't be, you know, and in, in Australia, obviously, that's, it's very difficult. You've got uni, I'm sure you have a job, you have all those things, but, uh, you know, for that hour and a half that you're in the water, you need to be there, regardless of your physical or mental state. If you're in the water, you need to be there, and if, if you can't be there, you need to tell someone. You can't keep it to yourself. And I think here in training, what I've tried to do is to be at training and understand that we're all there for the same purpose, the same goal. There is no really where that, that phrase, there's no I in team. When you're in that water, you're all on the same page. You need to be. You can't be going in there thinking, oh, I'm behind on everything. Or you can't be thinking, I know this. These guys need to learn it, not me. You're, you're there collectively and it's something that was drilled into me over in, in Europe because I went over there on the spectrum that I thought I was I was compromising the team. I didn't think I was at the level that they needed to be but what I didn't realise was though that mentality, that thought process was making the team go down to my level because like a team, society, you're only as, as slow as your your weakest link. You're only as slow as the, the last, the slowest person walking. So... Yes, when you're at training, you need to be there. You need to be there for the team for no other reason. The cohesion will hopefully bring results. And so you're back in Australia and you've mentioned you do have the dream of playing for your country and the Olympics are coming up. Uh, Unfortunately, you didn't make the team, this squad this time? No, no, I didn't. Um, I I went over to Sydney to hopefully put in some performances because due to COVID, there was no National League for water polo, but Sydney was hosting Substitute League called Sydney Super League and a club called Balmain Tigers sponsored my move over there so I could compete with them for the Sydney Super League title. And we did really well. My performance, I thought, um, despite not getting picked, I thought I, I played really, really well. I walked away from the experience. Going, I'm glad I moved over there. I'm glad I did that. I was second highest goal scorer for the tournament. But um, conversations I've had with teammates that are going to the Olympic Games at the moment and, my, and the Oz coach, fortunately, I just I wasn't the right fit for the team, unfortunately, in, in the coach's eyes, regrettably. <laughs> so what's the goal now? Are you focusing on the next Olympics? Are there- is there going to be a national competition starting back up? What is the future of water polo in Australia? Well, there's a big, there's nothing really set in stone. There's a lot of chat conversations happening at the moment regarding what it's going to look like. Because obviously the cycle, the new cycle is only three years long. So it's not a normal preparation process. So they have to rewrite the whole plan on how they're going to 
have a team ready in, in three years' time. So, and there will be a new coach as well. So I think the nation in the water polo world is a little bit in limbo until after the Olympics with a new coach being announced. The new coach will hopefully put in expectations for where he wants the Oz team for world champs next year. And then from that, there'll probably be a a structure. But I imagine there should be a national league again, you know, taking part next year from January through to April as it usually does. But as far as that, yeah, everyone's in limbo waiting to hear who the next Oz coach will be. Well, lucky you do, like you mentioned, have such a balanced life and you've got other things to keep you busy while you train. So then what's a motto you like to live life by? The motto I'd like to live life by is, and it's something my coach told me on my first day at the West Australian Institute of Sport when I was, I think I was maybe just turning 16, I was just turning 16. Hard work beats talent. Hard work beats talent. And I think sometimes I haven't even heed my own motto, but I, I realise looking back on my life, hard work does beat. And it's the people that go far who combine their talent with that hard work. So I always live by the hard work beats talent. No, that's great. And everyone can take that into all avenues of life. Um, all no- Yeah, not just sport, but anything they do. Well, thank you so much, Jordan, for giving up your time and chatting to us today. Really appreciate it. And good luck with in the pool and everything. And hopefully you can be wearing the green and gold next season. I hope so. I hope so. Thank you so much. And uh, how do you think the Aussies are going to go at the Olympics? What's your your pick? I think... Who do we have to watch out for? Probably Croatia. Croatia would be the team to, to look out for. For wait, are we talking in medal count or just yeah. specifically? Yeah, in medal count. Um, I would I would say USA are, are looking pretty good. And then um, Croatia for us. Are we playing? Yeah, well, we I think that'll be the game to watch. If we can beat Croatia, I think for water polo, if we can beat Croatia, we'll be looking pretty good. All right, so USA and then Croatia. Well, hopefully they, the team can do it. Well, thanks again, Jordan, and good luck with the house renovations. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking. Thanks again for getting through another episode of the Left of Field podcast. Like always, can you please follow and give me a review? I would really appreciate it. Now, the Olympics are just about to kick off, and if you're as excited as me, you should head back and listen to some of my previous episodes with so many amazing Australian Olympians. You've got Brianna Thrussell, who's going to be in the swimming. You've got Liz Parnoff, who is going to be taking on the pole vault. Taekwondo athletes, everyone there. Alex Wooderman will be boxing. So why not head back and listen to those episodes and get yourself in the Olympic mood? Otherwise, have a great week, and I'll chat to you again next week. Goodbye.